Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Monday check-in. I am Damon Heitman. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, 68901. Joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, also 68901. Hmm. And our area code's 502, in case anyone's wondering. Is that right? I think so. That's not my phone area code or your phone area code, but I think that's the area code that we live in. I thought it was 402. Is it 402? I think so. It could be. (laughs) Austin was 512. I can't remember what little... I I got nothing. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's 402. Maybe, Maybe Louisville was 502. I think Louisville was 502, and then we're in 402. Could be. I don't know. In an era of cell phones, does it even matter? It doesn't really seem to. I don't think so. You still have your Iowa cell phone number. Yeah. I still have my Atlanta cell phone number. Yeah. And I have it because it doesn't. It doesn't matter anymore. Right. Because essentially every call is a long distance call. <laughs> so, and they don't charge for long distance anymore. No, so, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so that doesn't matter. But there are other things that maybe that maybe do matter. Uh, there are. Yeah. Uh, so what are what are some of those things? Well, we've got some announcements for you today about the life <laughs> of our church. Um, so we uh, we did a fun sermon series on children's books which wrapped up last week and this week this sunday we started our summer sermon song series uh i preached a little sermon on neil Young's song when god made me and uh, dan deffenbaugh did a beautiful acoustic version of that for us and uh we're going to be doing the summer sermon song series here for the rest of the summer so if you've got a suggestion of a song that you think would make a great sermon particularly a secular song send that along our way. We'll try to get it worked in. If we can't get it worked in as a sermon this year, uh, we may do a podcast about it kind of like this, or we may try to do it next year. So pass those along our way. A couple other things happening at the church. We're continuing our summer reading group. This was a church-wide book group. We invited the whole church to read the novel Gilead. And uh, I say this every time, but it's not too late to join us. And it's still not too late to join us. So we have two copies of the book left here in the church office, or you can order one on Amazon, read the book. It's a relatively quick read. In fact, I've got it right here. I was just reading it. That's it is. right. There it is. And uh, yeah, join us. Uh, this week, we will be doing another podcast with three English professors. We are blessed with an abundance of English professors at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings. This isn't even all of them. This oh. is just three of them. There are four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and very... you wonder why Damon and I are very particular about our grammar when we preach. It's because <laughs> we have a congregation full of English professors sitting there critiquing our grammar. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very wordy congregation. Indeed. Which I mean, suits me pretty well, actually. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> I like how Damon doesn't respond to that. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> It's not uncommon for us to have bulletins that are 12 to 14 pages long. Indeed. 
<laughs> just we love words. There's just so many words in there. So that is uh, our Gilead group. Please join us. We'll be doing a podcast, which we will publish on Friday, uh, which is a conversation between the three English professors, Pastor Damon and I. As we wrap up the book, you can listen to that. And then the following week, we will hold a Zoom uh, book group meeting live, and you can talk with other people about the book, including, I think, some of those English professors, and perhaps including me and Damon, depending upon who can be there. Uh, the other conversation group we have going on this summer is our anti-racism group. So that started in June. We watched the movie Just Mercy and encouraged the whole congregation to watch it. Had a conversation about that a couple weeks ago. Now we're into the book called The Hate You Give. It's also a movie. If you would like to read that book or watch the movie and join, we're having conversations every week about that. And to get signed up for one of those, we have them at different times. We have There's like a Monday one and a couple of Wednesday ones and a Thursday one, I think. Um, and those, uh, contact the church office. We'll get you the links for how to join us for those. Those conversation groups are also happening via Zoom as well. And we invite you to join us for that. That's important work, uh, vital work. And we're connecting that anti-racism conversation to our faith. Um, and I preached a bit about that this, uh, this week, actually. So uh, if you're curious about that, you know, go back to Facebook and listen to the sermon. Uh, we also uh, are doing our open table lunch packing ministry. This is something that we do every month of July. Under normal circumstances, we do it on Sunday mornings. We finish worship. Everyone moves from the sanctuary into the fellowship hall, and we pack a thousand sack lunches. Obviously, because of COVID-19, we can't do that. So we've got small groups coming to the church over the course of the next month to pack lunches. Uh, if you would like to do that, you can reach out to Jenny Howard if you have her contact information. If you don't have Jenny's contact information, call or email the church office and we'll get you in contact with her to sign up to be part of one of these lunch packing groups. And uh, we'd love to have you join us for that as we seek to, to feed our hungry neighbors and to share some share the love of Christ through, uh, through packing lunches for uh, folks who need them. And you had an announcement about Go and Serve. And just sharing that folks probably know we we did have to cancel our go and serve. It's a, sort of the typical go and serve experience that we would do um, this year, but um, through folks' generous donation, the spirit of go and serve is going to be continued and is going to and is going to do some work this summer. So, folks who donated to stock sale, we are taking those funds and we are turning them over to some of our favorite. Um, uh, service partners, organizations that we've partnered with in past Go and Serve experiences. And we may be able to give some of that also to local organizations that we had anticipated partnering with this summer as well. So, and this coming Sunday, and this is this is how we segue to the rest of the, of the podcast, um, is going to be sort of a Go and Serve retrospective Sunday. So we're going to uh, hopefully be able to have folks um, from a few different generations involved in the service who have been on uh, go and serve trips throughout the years. It's uh, over 50 year history of go and serve. Um, and so I think it'll just be a nice way of sort of honoring the history of go and serve and reflecting on um, how it has shaped and formed uh, a whole host generations actually of of faithful of people of faith at this point and and how we hope for its work to continue into the future so uh, with that said we're going to transition to a little it's kind of a little preview of the, some of the scripture that we're going to use for sunday and some of the themes that we anticipate talking about so uh, shall we have a prayer
Let's do that. Okay. Let me let me pray for us. Loving and gracious God, as we begin another week, help it to be founded in you. Help it to be placed firmly within your heart. Help us to draw ever closer to the things that are that are your priorities. Love, kindness, generosity, humility. As we study your word, may your spirit rest with us. May our eyes be opened. May our ears be unplugged. May our hearts be moved. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we do have uh, a couple of scripture readings. I think, though, that maybe I will just read the second one. Uh, the first one we used a few weeks ago at church. It's from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It's um, Jesus hops into a boat, does a little bit of preaching, says to the disciples, let's go out deeper. They said, we were out there and nothing happened. He said, go out anyway. They drop their nets, they catch some fish, they come back, they realize things about Jesus and about themselves, uh, and then they leave everything behind and follow him. It's sort of a, a it's the just classic kind of go and serve commissioning um, or returning sort of Sunday um, scripture. And we're going to pair that this week with a little bit from later in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, uh, verses 15 through 21. And that reads something like this. Oh, no, wait. I can't do that. I mean, I can do it, but hold on. I have to arrange my screen differently. There, I got it. <laughs> Luke 12, 15 through 21. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, right? Yes. Yep. Or, well, what has happened is someone, so two verses before this, someone says to Jesus, uh, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus says, why do you, why are you asking me to do this? Uh, you know, come on. Uh, and then he, and then he continues on to, to warn them uh, to be cautious against all kinds of greed. Right? So, so he's talking to the disciples and, seems like also talking to just kind of a general crowd of folks. So, um, and Jesus said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable, the land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. And that's where it ends. Oof. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I suppose it's kind of... I always think that this story is about... Um, that, that this is a guy... This is a person who doesn't get it. Um, and that... It, 
he envisions a problem where he doesn't really have a problem. And uh, the land produces abundantly. And he's, oh, what am I going to do with all this extra produce that I have? Um, and he already has barns, it seems. He already has some sort of stockpile, right? But the excess won't fit in the barns. Uh, and he has lots of options that either don't occur to him or don't seem to be viable. He could just like, take the extra. Yeah, giving ahead. it away to people who might need it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could he could harvest the excess and just sell it right away. That seems like an option if that's what he really wants to do. Um, he could harvest it and give it to people in need. He could just leave it there and let people take it on their own or let the birds eat it or whatever the case, right? Um, but he doesn't do that. Um, he, he, so he doesn't get, I think it illustrates this idea that life is not about you. Life is about what you do with the lives of others. And, and this is a guy who doesn't, he doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's an interesting I mean, it's this whole notion that you can't take it with you when you die, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I like how you're expanding that beyond life is not about you. Um, I almost, gosh, a year ago I preached on a similar scripture and I almost, there's an image of a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. <laughs> and I, I thought it was a little too crass to use as a sermon illustration. <laughs> but in the context of, of this, I mean, it's, it's this image of like, right, you, you can't take it with you. And so, and so then, and if you read bef right before this, right after this in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' point is like, so use it to take care of others, right? And that's kind of the, the, the gist of Jesus' message throughout the Gospels is you're called to take care of others. Take the resources that God has given you. Don't hoard them away. Don't stockpile them. Um, as it says, so it is for those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. And I think Jesus shows us time and time again, being rich toward God's mean, means being generous and taking care of others. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a line from hello, Dolly that I enjoy quite the musical hello, Dolly. That is, um, money or wealth. One of the two is a lot like manure. It's only worth anything if you spread it around. <laughs> and, um, and I always find that, that that connects well to this to this passage. <laughs> um, Indeed. And so one of the things that we are working on, actually we already did it for this coming Sunday, is I sat down with the Kerr family, Rob and Michelle, and Ethan and Thomas and Abby. And uh, so they, they span a couple of generations. And Rob's mom also, she served as a go and serve chaperone for a few no trips. Kidding. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're not the only family for whom something like that is true, right? I, Three I think generations, are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that there are multiple families who have that kind of a history. But um, 
most of them are in the same house right now, so it's fairly easy to get them <laughs> onto a onto a chat. Um, but we sort of talked about the ways that their experiences of go and serve sort of tie into this idea of um, the life is about life is not about you, um, and, and I think that that's hopefully a an insight that a lot of folks who have participated in Go and Serve or other service projects or other service trips um, have come away with that feeling of um, that. And we talk a lot about, oh, they're, they're giving up a week to go and do this or giving up a Saturday morning to go to United Harvest or whatever the case may be. And you oftentimes find that when people do those things, they don't feel that they gave up anything at all. Right. <laughs> I mean, they, they feel that they gained tremendously um, from going and, and doing those sorts of things. Um, so. Yeah. And tying this back into the, the first scripture that you read from Luke, or you didn't read it, but that you're going to use about Jesus telling the disciples to go out in deep water. And then, and then Jesus ends that passage by saying, do not be afraid for now on you will be catching people. And and I think for me, the connection there is what keeps us from living that generous life. What keeps us from not falling into greed or not wanting to hoard an abundance of possessions. And it's, it's fear. That's what keeps us from doing it. It's fear that potentially keeps us from serving on a go and serve trip or showing up for United Harvest or, uh, or, or going to serve in an inner city or going to serve overseas. It's, it's fear, fear for our lives, fear of the unknown, fear of the other. And, um, and Jesus' point here is that we're not people of fear, right? We, we got to put our boats out into the deep water. We got to expose ourselves to this so that we can have these transformative experiences uh, so that we can stop focusing on ourselves and our needs and our greed and our need to hoard resources and can instead learn to be generous and giving of ourselves. And every time that our youth and adult sponsors come back from a go and serve trip, they give these testimonies that are just powerful of this experience they had for a week where they gave up of themselves, gave up of their time, gave up of their comfort. That's a big one, right? <laughs> Sleeping on church floors on air mattresses and working in hot conditions with bugs and sun and all that stuff or whatever, whatever the trip is. Um, they're giving up these creature comforts, giving up some of themselves to give to others. And they come back and they, they report these absolutely transformative experiences. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach us. That's what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. That if you're able to give this up, if you're able to, take up your cross and deny yourself, your life will be transformed. It won't be easy, but it will be transformed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that sense of it, they, the disciples, they, in that interaction that they have with Jesus out in the deep water, um, they, it's, it's a relevatory um, experience for them that it, it, it reveals to them something about the true nature of Jesus and it reveals something about the true nature of themselves yeah. that they're not, they're not, they don't fish for fish. That's not what they, they, they fish for people. That's, um, 
And, and, and there are a good number of examples of youth and students who have gone on Goins or experiences and it has sort of shown them something. Oh, I, well, I really love working with kids. Maybe I should, maybe I should go to college to be a teacher or, um, this was really powerful working with people with special needs. Maybe, maybe I should do even just, maybe I should find a way to volunteer in my own community um, with folks, even if it's just things like that, um, that, that, that there are plenty of examples of, of students having those sorts of gaining those sorts of insights um, of course about God and, and the things that God calls us to do but also about themselves and, and where their where their passion intersects um, with the needs of the world. I'm Buchner said something about that. Yep. People well, can the, look. the definition of vocation, right? Where <laughs> people can the world's look greatest needs and our greatest passions intersect is is the definition of Christian vocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and helping people to discover their vocation is one of the callings of the church. Um, you know, and so, uh, so go and serve and oh, a whole bunch of the ministries of this place have equipped and enabled people to, to do that. And so what is to sort of suss out what their vocation is and what their sort of specific calling might be. Yeah. And the key with that too, is that not everyone's going to go to seminary and become a pastor, but that doesn't mean you're not living out Christian vocation. Right. Right. And so people, we talk about this and it's pretty easy to see a direct connection uh, for, for those of us who are actual pastors getting a paycheck from the church. Right. But um, the reality is that anyone and can live out their Christian vocation is if they see God working through them. Carl Barth talked about this notion of Christian vocation a lot. Even John Calvin talked about it. Um, that, you know, Carl Barth said, even if you're a, a sanitation worker, a garbage man, you, if you see your work through the lens of your faith, you are picking up garbage to keep there from being dirty conditions in your neighborhood, which could lead to an outbreak of disease. And you are serving your fellow man by swinging by and picking up those garbage cans. And that itself is a form of Christian vocation. That's a way to serve others serve God by serving others. And so part of what our job is as the church is to help people see that. And you talked about, you know, kids go to uh, camp courageous and they come back and discover that they maybe want to be a special ed teacher, or even if not, they just want to volunteer in that capacity. And so part of our job as the church is to help people connect their faith and their daily life and live out their Christian vocation, whether they are a school teacher or a, CEO of a business or, you know, a garbage man or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so, yeah. And, and go and serve is a great way to help kids start thinking that way at a younger age so that when they get into college and into life, they're still making those connections between their faith and their life and realizing that they can live out their Christian vocation no matter what they're doing. Yeah. One of the things that I, um, enjoy about go and serve related Sundays is that once you, because our intention is to get people involved in the service who have been on go and serve trips uh, in the past. Once you start getting these folks involved, 
and having them share even just a little bit about their experience and what they learned or how it formed. Like, like you and I don't really have to do anything else <laughs> on this. It, like the message and the power of it becomes so obvious so, so quickly that, um, that I, I don't really have to preach. Like it preaches itself. <laughs> well, it does. It is a faithful proclamation of the word, which is what a sermon is supposed to be, right? And it's a faithful proclamation of God's word of love. Uh, love that we have for our community, love that we have for those we interact with, and even love for ourselves in terms of really focusing our lives on, on the things that matter as we read about these scriptures in Luke. Yeah. So it should be good. I think so. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, is that it? That seems like it. I think that's it. Can I close this with a prayer? Yes, please. All right. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, God who calls us into a life of generosity, God who pulls us out of the temptation of greed, of hoarding, and instead calls us to share. Thank you. Thank you for that call that you've placed on our lives, and particularly thank you for the way that that call has manifested itself through the Go and Serve Ministries at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings over the last more than 50 years. God, continue to bless and guide this ministry of Go and Serve. Continue to bless and guide the people who have participated as adult sponsors, as youth, as well as the, the folks who we've served alongside and the communities where we have served. Continue to bless and guide all of them, Lord. May they know that they are loved and may that love be manifest through, uh, through our hands and our feet as we continue to find ways to go and to serve you. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Until next time, toodaloo.